Welcome to the 13th episode of the Scrubbing Unhappy podcast, where we remind you how to put one foot in front of the other in the moments when life serves you lemons. Say yes to happiness and take on even the most difficult days and still feel good while drinking your lemonade. I am Zuzana Mukumai and I'm a coach, mentor, journalist, wife, mom, former pessimist turned into believing that every challenge or setback can be a gift. I am a woman who wants to be happy and I am dedicated to helping you feel happy too, even when life is like a roller coaster. Today, I am talking to Denise Suarez, a parenting coach who specializes in intercultural parenting, drawing from her personal experience coming from the Philippines, living in Spain with her Spanish husband. And this episode, I would like to dedicate to Evie. Evie is a fellow business lady and a fellow podcaster, and we just met over Instagram and we connected ever since. Evie is a life coach as well, and she has fabulous podcast. Check it out. And thank you, Evie, for being a wonderful fellow business lady. And I believe that together we can help so many women. I really appreciate you. Today, I am here with Denise, uh, who is going to introduce herself in just one minute. And we are going to talk about intercultural parenting. And I'm so excited about this. Hi, Denise. How are you doing today? And welcome. Hi, thank you. It's really nice to be here. Thank you so much for for having me on. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited about it. So maybe my first question before we dive into the intercultural uh, parenting. Can you tell us something about yourself and basically what is your story? Yeah, of course. So you were talking about like intercultural relationships, right? And that is basically what I have also with with my husband. I am from the Philippines and my husband is Spanish and we are currently living in Spain. And the reason why um, the, the I focus so much on intercultural parenting is because I am a parent coach and as I was working with my clients, I noticed that one thing that, well, we had many things in common, but one of the things that we had in common was that we all had this intercultural family, right? And for me, the way that I define an intercultural family, it can be that, you know, maybe the the parents do have that intercultural relationship or it can, or, and, and sometimes it happens, both, both things are possible where um, the parents are maybe from the same country, but they're raising their kids in a totally different one. And, and what I was seeing in my clients and also in myself was just so much frustration and almost sometimes like a sense of like self-righteousness where we think that there's something wrong with this culture that you know they don't know what they're doing or why are they doing it this way can't they see that my way is better or it would be also the opposite of like I'm a terrible parent because the the culture around me says that I should be doing it like this and I'm not Hmm. and so I don't remember what the question was it was just um, like what is your story so but yeah uh, you actually um i want to ask this question i wanted to ask it later but maybe i can ask it now uh, now because you mentioned it that uh, when mm-hmm. you are in intercultural relationship like the cultures are clashing and they are different yeah so i wanted to ask like what are the most surprising and 
maybe the unexpected cultural mm -hmm. differences between you being from Philippines mm -hmm. and your uh, partner who is mm -hmm. from Spain? Yeah, I think, um, well, the thing is, like a little bit of history <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Spain was actually, um, sorry, the Philippines was actually colonized by Spain for 300 mm -hmm. years. So there are many similarities between the Spanish culture and the Filipino culture. But at the same time, you know, the Philippines is in Asia. The Philippines was also colonized by the States and by Japan. And we also have our own original rich culture. And so it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, you, I expect us to think the same, but we don't, you know, like in some ways we do, but in other ways we don't. And I think for me, one of the, I guess it could be, yeah, I would say that it is like surprising or unexpected is the, um, how I have more of that like community family. Well, not, I wouldn't say family because he has that as well. But I think more like that community focus of not just taking care of our family, but also having relationships outside of our family. I'm really nurturing those relationships while he is so much, just much more focused on our family. And, and yeah, so that was one, that was something that was a bit, that I found a bit surprising because, you know, the Spanish culture is also very family oriented, but they don't, I didn't, and I thought that would continue to like being community focused and it wasn't there. Um, yeah, yeah, I wanted yeah. to say it's actually surprising because me coming from Czech Republic, like we always think of Spain, Italy, that they are more family oriented. So it's surprising that you yeah. find it less compared to philippines yeah like they are still family oriented but it's very much like my family like my 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 kids my parents my sister my siblings and their kids well in the philippines it's like my husband always jokes because it's like oh you know he's our he's our cousin he's our relative and they're we're like three degrees apart and my husband's like that's not like that doesn't count anymore <laughs> and i was like maybe for you it doesn't but in the philippines it still does maybe <laughs> Hmm. And does this actually influence somehow how uh, it, it, uh, how you bring up your two kids? Like, uh, do you bring them more in the Spanish way since you live in Spain mm -hmm. or uh, in the Filipino way or it's a combination? Yeah, um, I think this in this particular instance of like the family community, I, I don't think it really influences us in the sense that like my husband also is active like because he sees me in the, the community and we have like this group of families that we are really you know supported and we, we we just see each other all the time and we help each other so he kind of sees that as well um for me the where the the difference that i found between us which really affects the way that we raise our kids is in how he prefers like spontaneity like he wants just you know things to be like spontaneous and I I'm, I prefer structure and I think that you know like just like a like a short anecdote about me in high school I remember thinking like oh I want to be more spontaneous and I was like I should schedule being spontaneous and I was like wait that kind of beats the point <laughs> um well he he prefers that like freedom and not having that structure and I I believe more in like having that structure and then having all that freedom but like within the structure if that makes mm -hmm. any sense and so yeah. 
yeah, I'll, okay, I'll go on. And so the way that that clashes in our parenting, you know, um, I don't remember if I mentioned it earlier. I, yes, I did. So I am a parent coach. And one of the reasons why I became a parent coach was because I was, I studied psychology and communication. I've always had this interest in like how the brain works. Like I remember even when I was studying psychology, I remember thinking like, ooh, like I'm going to remember that when I have kids, like this is how I want to be like based on like, the research that came up and everything. Um, so I was always focused on like, I want to learn more. I want to, I want to be this way for my children. I think, and again, it's come kind of that structure, right? Um, while my husband's more like, I just want to be me. Like, I just, like, I don't want to have to um, think about what I say when I'm talking to my kids. Well, I'm a bit more like, oh, you know, I, I still say things, but sometimes I do think like, well, what, you know, how can I say it in a way that is more conscious or just more, you know, that's more aligned with what I want for our relationship. Mm. So that for me was the more of the, the clash kind of when it comes to raising our family. Mm -hmm. And actually, I wanted to ask about it if this uh, the way you are more structured and mm -hmm. he is more like free, is it mm -hmm. uh, something like uh, you, your individual characteristic or is it something you would say also it's part of the Filipino culture? Yeah, yeah, I, it was actually um, something that I was wondering about because I know that, you know, you sent me the questions in advance and I was thinking if it, if it was like a me thing or like a Filipino thing. And in this case, I feel like it's more like a, a me, <laughs> a me mm -hmm. thing. Um, because looking at the the Filipino culture it's like they they kind of say like we we took everything from the from the Spanish and then we magnified it where um you know there's like that the stereotype where like the Spaniards always arrive late and they arrive like 30 minutes late and then the Filipino would arrive like an hour late <laughs> or for us there's like so much um bureaucracy and paperwork in Spain and it's like even worse in the Philippines so it's like that's interesting, yeah. And it sounds kind of maybe Philippines sounds a bit like Africa as well. Like it sounds a bit similar. And the more uh, women I talk to, like from different countries, it's uh, we kind of grow up in a in a Europe in Czech Republic, thinking that the rest of the world is like Europe, like that. What is uh, in Europe? That's the like standard. But then yeah. uh, now with time, I realize actually it feels more like the rest of the world is the normal thing, and then Europe <laughs> is just different because I I see the similarities between, I, let's say Southeast Asia, Africa, South America. It sounds so similar, and it's, it is actually really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And Denise, I would like to ask you, uh, then uh, maybe the women uh, who are watching are in the intercultural family, they have kids already or they are planning to, uh, what would be the top three uh, things parents should consider mm -hmm. uh, when bringing up mixed kids? Yeah. Yeah. So um, the first one that I... I guess the first tip kind of that I have is to be aware of the cultures around you so when i work with with my clients the first thing that we actually do is i ask them like to define the cultures that that they identify with right like what are their defining features and because we think it's kind of like what you were saying earlier where you think that the way that you were was you were raised the culture that you grew up in you think that's like the normal you think that that is 
what everyone believes or what everyone has or what everyone expects. And so it's really, it's really just be aware of, you know, maybe what you expect or what the culture, your culture expects, like what are their defining features? And also what are the defining features of all the other cultures that are a part of your family? That would be the very first thing to kind of just have that, that awareness. And, and within that awareness, also know what is it that you want or like about those cultures and what is it that you don't like. And, and I once posted this question and, and my client was like, well, I prefer to only focus on the positive. I don't want to talk about the negative. And I was like, well, it's not about, it's not for me, it's not even about positive or negative or right or wrong. It's just different, right? It's about, it's more about what you want and what you don't want. And sometimes if you're not intentional, if you don't at least know what it is that you want and don't want, then it will be harder then for you to go into kind of like the second tip, which is to intentionally create your own family culture. Mm. Right. So it was like kind of getting um, based on what her comment was of like, I only want to focus on the positive. Well, that's great. Right. And you get the positive and with the positive, you you create your own family culture. But within that, you also have to be aware of these are the maybe these are like the different aspects of the culture I'm in that I might have a hard time with. Mm. That might go against what I want mm. for my family. Yeah, I actually love that you said that it's not about uh, different things in different cultures. It's not about one is negative, one is positive, or one is better, one is worse, but it's just different. And I think this is so important to realize especially like generally for everybody because uh, these days the world is connected but yeah. especially for the uh, men and women who are in intercultural relationship bringing up kids together it's so important to realize that not that one culture is not better than other one and yeah. it feels obvious but i think it's not that obvious and people have to really uh, come to realize yeah. that that's the way yeah. it is yeah, and I think it's so important as well, like when we talk about positive and negative, that is so personal, right? Something that's positive for you might be negative for me. Like we, there's no, there's no truth in what is positive and negative when it comes yeah. to cultures. It really just depends on, again, what you want or, you know, what you like for, for yourself and for your family. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the last, the third thing that I, I have for parents is, to don't take things personally. <laughs> like this is um this is like uh for parenting in general, especially when you are in that um big emotion stage where or I think actually in any stage where you know when the kids kids say things that they don't really mean, right? Like um I have another time they're they're going through like the phase where the child only wants to be with the mom, doesn't want to be with the dad, and with the dad the client goes like I hate you and the child goes I hate you and the kid's like three years old you know and 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 so it's really about like working with the dad as well to be like yeah that's what he's saying but he actually doesn't mean it so don't mm. take it personally um but looking at it from like the intercultural perspective it's also like I don't know how it's like over there for you but I get lots of clients also with or up with the in-laws 
right? Where it's like, my in-law said that I should be doing this. My in-law thinks this. My in-law thinks that. And then they take it to mean that their in-law thinks that they're a terrible parent or their in-law thinks that they don't know what they're doing, right? Where mm-hmm. it's really just, it's just a difference in culture. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, as long as you are confident in yourself, as long as you are able to trust in your child and really just believe that you are doing what's right for your family, then it's okay for other people to have their opinions. It's okay for them to say what um, they want to say, but it doesn't have to, you don't have to take it personally. It doesn't have to mean anything about you. Yeah. Yeah, this one, uh, this uh, this tip you mentioned, it's so important. And it's funny, it's actually uh, in one of my online courses, the first session I have, it's called Don't Take Things Personally. Yeah. <laughs> because it's the same thing in the intercultural relationship. Like we often take, we, I think it's natural to all of us that we take things personally, that we are in the center of everything. But yeah. in most cases, it's not about us at all. Um, well, and yeah, I and also most- love... Yeah, you can yeah, no, it was just to, to, to add on to that. Like in most cases, it has so much more to do with them than with us, right? Mm. It has it's like their their story. <laughs> yeah, and uh, even as you said, like uh, that one thing uh, in one culture can be something, and then in the second one, it's entirely opposite. Like we have this uh, example which kept happening to me and my husband is that I tried to be nice uh, when mm-hmm. we were going out. So I told him, uh, baby, where would you like to eat? Where would you like to go? Because I tried to be nice to uh, to give him the freedom to choose if we want to eat Chinese, Indian, Zambian or whatever. Mm-hmm. And every time he got upset and then uh, then I find out he wanted me to decide. So it shows that like I am confident and that's what he wanted. So it's like I tried to do something to be nice and then he took it exactly the other way. So these are small things and it has nothing to do with you as a person. Yeah. And uh, the way also you mentioned that to create your own family culture. So this is something I really strongly resonate uh, with as well. And just uh, for Easter, I was writing an article to one of the Czech uh, radios about Easter and how we celebrate Czech Easter in Zambia because we have some specific uh, Czech traditions. And what I said, it's it's amazing if you have uh, intercultural family, you can actually pick the tradition from each culture and put it like to your. So you get rid yeah. of those you don't like, then you like emphasize those you like and you have your own thing. So I, I, that's one of the greatest advantages, I think, of like intercultural families yeah yeah for sure and it's um it's about like doing creating your own traditions right like with the with easter and all the other traditions that we have throughout the year but it's also about um living your day-to-day in a way that that feels right for you where it's like just because um you know for taking like your story for example just because you're you're in Zambia, that doesn't mean that you have to do everything their way. Like you can still find a way to to bring your own like to yourself or your your Czech culture into what it is that mm-hmm. that you do. Yeah. And my next question to you, it's about languages. So mm-hmm. I wanted to ask if you have any uh, tips to avoid misunderstanding coming from uh, having uh, two or maybe even three different mm-hmm. languages uh, in your family. And maybe yeah. another question to add on the top of that is like, 
uh, that's the one challenge I know lots of uh, multicultural couples face is like the languages they speak to their kids. So how do you do it in your case and what are your tips? Yeah, well, I'll start with the languages you speak to your kids because that's a bit easier. <laughs> Um, so in our case, we we loosely follow the the one parent one language. So I speak to my kids in English. My husband speaks to them in Spanish, and it's kind of funny because we're not worried about them learning Spanish because they live in Spain, so it's not an issue. And we, my husband and I, mostly speak to each other in English. So sometimes he forgets and he speaks to our kids in English, and they always reply in Spanish. <laughs> Because like they're just used to like, okay, you're you're our dad speak, you know, we speak to our dad in Spanish. So even if he talks to them in English, they he they reply in Spanish. And I think um when it comes to raising your kids, what's also really important when you're doing the whole different cultures is that they have interactions with the different languages. So like in my case, um I speak to them in English, you know, we we regularly speak to my family and they speak to my kids in English as well. But I also make it a point to meet other families in our in Madrid, where we live in our city that also speak English, because I want my kids to to know that they're not the only ones who speak English, you know, and and so they it's really sweet when I see my kids interacting with other kids in English in Spain. You know, it's really mm -hmm. just about but recognizing, like, you know, showing them that that language is is universal. And there are some people who speak Spanish. There are some people who speak English. My kids also know there are people who speak French and, and Filipino. And so, yeah, that that um, that's what it is when it comes to like language with with kids. Right. Where it's like really more about not just exposing them but giving them the opportunity to interact with others in that language so that they can really practice using it and see the use of it um as for avoiding misunderstandings <laughs> i was it's funny that you mentioned that because when you were sharing your your story about you know choosing the restaurant i was actually thinking i was like oh that's so good that you were able to have that conversation of what does it mean for you when I ask you what restaurant you want to go to versus like what my intention is. And, and I think that the tip I have to avoid misunderstanding is um, it's kind of like this idea of meta communication where you talk about how you want to talk, kind of like where you communicate how you want to communicate or why you are communicating. And a lot of one question that that helps a lot when my husband says something and i'm like mm. and i just ask like what do you mean by that mm. and and the, and then i go and then you know depending on the situation sometimes it goes into like well you know when you say things this way you know i feel like this it makes me think this so you know could you do it another way could you do it this other way instead mm. And so it's, it's, I think, especially when it, because misunderstanding happens, even if you're speaking the same language, grew up in the same place, like misunderstandings happen, period. <laughs> and I think it's, um, it's understanding that they happen and, and just being more open to figuring out how they can happen less by, mm. by being curious. Mm. 
Yeah, I love that you mentioned that it's so important to communicate about our communication. I, I never put it in these words, but I completely agree that we have the tendency to interpret like what mm -hmm. our husband or partner says, and then we can get all crazy, get uh, upset. Then in the end, we find out like uh, he meant something different. So it's yeah. really so important. And especially if we speak different languages, if maybe uh, the language is not our mother tongue. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, also what is so interesting is like the huge amount of uh, like variation in how multicultural families are. I found it so interesting that uh, you speak, uh, you live in Spain, so uh, but you speak with your husband English. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the kids learn Spanish and this. So and in my case, we live in Zambia. The, official language is uh, English. We speak uh, English at home and I struggle, for example, to speak to my son in Czech because I'm so yeah. used like a English around me. So I actually admire you. And maybe you have some tips how to do this, that you speak to your kids in English in a Spanish speaking yeah. country, because I find it so difficult now to switch in Czech when everybody around me is speaking English. Yeah. I wish I had a tip for you. <laughs> I think it just came it just came so so naturally to me because um when i was looking into the whole like you know how will they learn language what language will they speak one thing that really stood out to me was like just speak the the language of your heart where it's like especially in the beginning in the early years like what's so much more important than the language they learn is the the foundation of the relationship that you will have with them. Mm -hmm. And and so in my case, it just came out naturally that I would speak to them in English. Because mm. that was that was like that that was the way that I found that I could express myself best with them. Mm -hmm. um, although I do have a, a client who is in that similar position where she is the only one speaking her language and everyone else is speaking Dutch actually and she's the only one speaking Bulgarian and for her it's just she's just like it's just I think for her it's just she she knows why it's so important to her that she just keeps doing it even when it's hard and and now mm. she's and now she was telling me how you know all her other friends who are also from Bulgaria and raising their kids abroad their kids don't speak Bulgarian, but hers do. And she's just like, yeah, it's worth it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. In be... theory also, yeah, we had the plan that uh, like our son should speak uh, all three languages. So mm -hmm. English, Czech, and then Bemba, which is one of the Zambian languages. Mm -hmm. But for now it, uh, he speaks like his, it's obvious now his first English uh, language is English because he also goes to like school and he's uh, English and if you are wondering my son is two years and he goes to school that's how in Zambia school is everything like kindergarten yeah. and this uh, so it's uh, and then Czech he speaks some uh, some words and he will probably have to uh, improve to just to speak with his grandmother and grandfather and Bemba it's uh, almost nothing for now and um, I wanted to ask you actually because you mentioned that you speak to your kids in English but um, you did not mention Filipino so I wanted mm -hmm. to ask if you had like any plans regarding to this and mm -hmm. why I'm asking is um, and this uh, I, I remember that it was Trevor Noah who said it he's a uh, he's a mixed guy from South Africa if you know him he's amazing yeah. 
uh, he said that uh, the, him as a mixed kid, he felt that he never fitted anywhere. Mm. But if he knew the language, that was his entrance. And I love this idea that as many languages our kids will speak, it will allow them to, to go to one of the culture because they they are mixed. They will never be 100% of anything. So this will give yeah. them like more opportunities, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, the only reason I don't speak my to my kids in Filipino is because I don't speak Filipino. Like my mm-hmm. my Filipino level is very low. <laughs> it's very basic. And and so going back to to kind of like the language of the heart, right? What language do I best express myself mm-hmm. in? It really it really is English. Um, but at the same time, I guess similar to what Trevor Noah was saying of like just the importance of language and being able to fit in, I also would like my kids to speak Filipino or at least understand it or at least have a basic idea of what it is. And so what we actually do is um, they watch a show in Filipino. <laughs> and so that's kind of like at least their like basic exposure to it. Mm-hmm. And um, and we have in our family, we do have like several words that are Filipino that we use like Mm-hmm. I don't know what do we use. Um, we have this expression in 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 Tagalog, which is called "hainako," which has like no English, um, no English translation, and it's it's more just like when something happens and you feel like uh, exasperated or frustrated, you use "hainako," like um, you know, like when they when something falls or or when a glass of water spills you just go hi hi nako yeah we do the same and i think lots yeah. of families do this that we have this some words in one of the languages and we just use them then you yeah. forget about it you mention it in front of somebody else and you look funny but yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice yeah. And yeah, there is maybe last question before we wrap up is like, mm-hmm. if you have any secret advice for couples to avoid mm-hmm. conflicts in mm-hmm. parenting uh, or yeah. in relationships in general. Yeah. yeah, I would say don't avoid conflict. <laughs> That's my secret advice to to embrace conflict and to see it as an opportunity to connect with your partner and to understand them in a different way. Um, And when you have the conflict, I think that's why, again, uh, the family culture, the idea of like your family culture, your family values, that for me is so important that you you define what that is for you, for your for your family with your partner. So that when the conflicts come again, it doesn't go back to you're right, I'm wrong, or more, more like I'm wrong and you're right. <laughs> it goes back to what is it that we want for our family, mm. and really just remember, remember that conflicts are an opportunity to get curious and connect. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a great way how to uh, finish uh, this talk. So thank you so much. It was very interesting and uh, I'm sure it was very helpful Um, for me. Definitely it was helpful and I I believe it will be helpful for the women who are watching. And you mentioned uh, you are a parenting coach. So if somebody is watching and they want to find you to see what you are doing, where they can find you. Yeah. So the best place that you can actually find me is on my Facebook group. 
I have a Facebook group. It's called Raising Your Intercultural Family Con Cariño. And so Con Cariño um, is Spanish, which can loosely be translated to with affection. Because what I found was, you know, with the like hectic day-to-day of parenting, we've actually forgotten to treat our kids, ourselves, and our partners with that affection. And if you're not on Facebook, you can also just visit my website. It's my name, denisesuarez.com, where you can see, get a bit of um, what it is that I do. And if I, what I shared today really resonated with you. And, you know, if you feel like you're in that place where you want to be more intentional about the family that you're creating, if you really want to define what are your family values, what are your family, what is your family culture, how can you live it today, then send me a message and I would love to, to help you with that. Yeah, I will put the links under the video so so you can find it. So thank you so much for accepting yeah. the invitation. And um, I wish everybody who is watching a great day. Feel free to share any questions in comments. We will be excited to hear from you yeah. what resonated with you, what you liked. And uh, maybe if there is something which really gave you the light bulb moment and it will impact your parenting or relationship. <laughs> So thank you again and have a great day. Bye. I really hope that you enjoyed this conversation with Denise. Whether you were looking for tips on how to manage challenges of being an intercultural parent or hoping to get inspired by the story of yet another multicultural family. If you love this podcast, leaving a review would be an amazing help so we would spread the word among more women so they can too decide to screw being unhappy and create the life they truly want. I shared a quick guidance on how to share a review in the show notes and it would mean a ton to me. Thank you. And thank you for listening in today. And let's say together, screw being unhappy. Let's say that every single day, especially when life is hard because happiness is our choice. So let's screw being unhappy and say yes to happiness. Let's go and let's do it. Until next time, with love, Susanna.